podcast time. Group on group of friends. We'll talk about fairy days and lands. We met the man and names a woman. The fun will never end. It's podcast time. Welcome to Oh My Glob and Adventure Time podcast. I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And here we are talking about Adventure Time from the very beginning all the way to the end. And with a Fiona and Cake takeover. Spectacular. Spectacular. Matt. Yes. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? You seem a little frazzled. No, it's funny. I think you said that at the beginning of the last episode, too. Oh, really? (laughs) So um, I've been super vigilant tonight as far as, like, making sure the podcast goes right with, like, audio and everything and, like, Uh our whole setup in here. So we, for some reason, the last few months have hit, like, this crazy bad luck streak with the podcast. I think I explained the last one. Like, we did the um, season five ranking, which generally is... An hour long and this one this recording ended up being four hours which is already a lot of editing but then on top of that there ended up being some audio issues so i've been tinkering away at that for well a little bit at a time yeah. but and then the music episode we did that one i recorded it solo the first time and it just turned out being like super boring so we had to re-record that and then we did uh by the time this one's released people will hear the uh the latest fiona cake episode that we did and i tried doing like this new um this new thing with the audio tracks yeah so so it cleans up the sound I was like, okay, well, I'll make a backup in case that goes goes wrong. The backup ended up being corrupted, and then the sound stuff <laughs> went horribly wrong. Oh, no. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to put a little extra time into editing that one. Yeah. So hopefully things are smooth sailing tonight. Hopefully. Yep. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We also have Simon in our in our podcasting, what could we call this, den? Yeah, our podcasting po- den. Podcasting. Cave. Something that starts with a P. Podcast. Parlor. Podcasting parlor. I think we need a little couch in here if we're going to call it that. I would actually love it. We're going to call it a parlor. A parlor. I would actually (laughs) love like a little futon or something in my office. That'd be awesome. I mean, we have the couch thing. One day when we upgrade to another couch, we could move that big old thing in here. No. We could put two of them in there. (laughs) Oh, good call. (laughs) And uh, it's funny because Creature was in here and he's wearing the cone of shame because he keeps mowing on his back. And we're trying to break that behavior. So he like has this sad, like mopey cone and like clicks every time he moves. But so that he was in here, we put him out and he's like sticking his paw under the door to get like Simon's attention. It's really funny. Yep. Yep. I love it. We were attempting. Well, at first we didn't realize three cats were in this room. Three of them. All three of the cats. And if you podcast and you have cats, then you know that's not gonna happen <laughs> like one of them's eventually gonna like jump on your keyboard or something and like yep. the whole recording is gonna get erased or something like that yeah simon's a good boy though yeah simon's been a good boy today yeah and we're not talking about simon from adventure time we're talking about simon the cat who's yeah. named after simon from adventure time <laughs> speaking of simon from adventure time yes this episode we have two episodes obviously has simon and and all the the series is really we finished watching the series and prep we watched all four of the last ones and it was really interesting and i'm really looking forward to talking about them and these two episodes one is the star and the second episode is jerry yes yeah really fascinating really really interesting episodes and yeah i'm really excited to to talk about it yeah me too so what do you say we just... Oh, also, how have you been? I'm good. Good. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just, you know... I forgot to ask. Get, I apologize. Getting back into things and... Yeah. Yeah. Just moving forward. Yep. We're yep. getting ready for a week-long trip to New England mm. for Christmas. Yeah. Yep. At least it won't be snowing, so it'll be good. Yeah. 
That'll make driving easier. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> All right. Now about the chit chat, let's get to the episode. Let's do it. All right, the first episode is episode number seven, The Star, IMDb rating of 8.9, directed by Ryan Shannon, written and storyboarded by Iggy Craig, Graham Falk, Jacob Winkler. wonder if he's related to Harry Winkler. Henry Winkler? Henry I Winkler. I think we might have made that joke Harry? in the last episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like just, I'm a robot. Sonia uh, <laughs> Van uh, Marinsdorf. Original air date, September 21st. 2023. Sonia von Marinsdorf. That's a great name. That is that's a, like great, a, that's power a powerful name. name. Yeah. Oh, jinx. <laughs> Buy me a Coke. Sonia von Marinsdorf. That person owns a company or two. <laughs> okay. So the title card is well, I'm trying. What does it look like on your screen? Because my I, I'm using this night mode on Chrome and images look really weird. It's a skull. It's actually Simon skull in the vampire world laying down on the ground with the buildings, the decrepit buildings with the star okay. in the middle. From here, it looks like x-ray readings. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I need to go ahead and put the kibosh on this uh, You need to mode. change your night mode. You can do it just for, just for the app. It's really messing with my brain. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Sorry. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> Bye. But you just have to do the episode so Oh god, no. <laughs> All right. So, this episode starts um so what's really interesting is this episode, a couple of the episodes start with like a pre like before the credits scene and then it goes to the credits. Yeah. Am I making that up? Like a prologue. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, okay. We watched a lot of adventure times. So I'm like, uh, what's yeah. right? Anyway, <laughs> So this is like a prologue thing. Really quick. In this episode, it's really interesting how they have you watch both worlds. So you have Fiona World featuring Gary and Marshall Lee. And then you also have the trio. So Simon, Cake, and Fiona all doing their thing. And so there's a lot of like flipping back and forth and mirroring in this episode. And so it'll be just interesting to see what people think of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, the synopsis starts with, in a flashback, young Marceline is seen running from some oozers. She finds the corpse of Simon Petrikov, quickly revealing this world to be an alternate reality. After Marceline compares her foot to Simon's, she takes his, sh his shoe and is approached by a mysterious figure. Ooh. Meanwhile, Fiona Cake and the main line, timeline Simon are beamed to the same universe. Fiona tells Simon that his pocket is smoking, causing Simon to pull out Prismal's remote and blow on it. As Fiona takes a walk, Kate confronts her by reminding her that the Winter King was stone-cold nasty and he deserved exactly what he got. Fiona is still upset about the candy people that got hurt, but Kate reassures her that it was self-defense. Despite this, Fiona is still upset. Kate insists that they will succeed in making everything better once they retrieve the crown and restore magic to Fiona world. Yeah, I'm glad that we got some carryover from the last episode and like mm -hmm. how it's affected Fiona afterwards. Yeah. I thought that, was, that was a cool touch. Yeah, absolutely. Simon finds Fiona and Cake to tell them that he believes there's only enough magic remaining in the jewel for one more jump between dimensions. Fiona suggests that they jump again immediately, but is interrupted when some vampire underlings emerge from atop a nearby building. While Simon and Fiona hide, Cake starts to fight the vampires. Simon and Fiona start making stakes out of scrap wood to help Cake fight off the vampires. Fiona attacks an escaped vampire with the plank, and it breaks, creating a makeshift stake, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Fiona tries to stab the vampire with the stake unsuccessfully, 
Simon tells her to go for the heart, to which she responds, it's harder in real life. And like, she keeps like stabbing yeah. it anywhere but the heart. She's like it's awkwardly so stabbing funny. it in the face. Yeah. So Kate decides that she's had enough and decapitates all three vampires with her enlarged claws, uh, jaws. Simon mentions that this world reminds him of the world as it was right after the Mushroom War when he first met Marceline. When more vampires appear, Kate springs into action with steak paws, but is doused by holy water, which reduces the encroaching vampires to a giant plume of dust. Fiona rushes into the cloud to check on Cake, where they encounter a red and white tank resemble, resembling Peppermint Butler. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> realize the AI right was, was <laughs> Pet Butt? Pet Butt is now a tank. He is. It demands to see the trio's teeth and reports to its occupants that there are no vamps, just dum-dums. Just dum-dums. I feel like there's some, like, movie references happening in this one as far as, like, a siege narrative, like, vampire like, slash zombie yeah, movies. Yeah, I'm sure there was, but I don't. Yeah. So a mysterious pink woman appears from the tank. It says the take. Oh, my bad. That's <laughs> all good. And when she removes her mask, the trio realize that she's an alternate version of PB, Princess Bubblegum. She resembles a soldier. She wears a buzz cut and a mix of pink and purple tactical gear and camo. Attracted by Cake and her murder skills, uh, quote unquote murder skills, PB tries to recruit Cake, to which she declines. Fiona notes that uh, they're looking for a magical crown. Bonnie, realizing that they have a common goal, explains that the Vampire King uses the crown to create a permanent cloud cover, shielding the vampires from the sunlight and allowing them to take cover. You know, she's really not nice letting them, like, not glitter. I mean, I don't understand this Vampire King and his insistence that they don't glitter. Yeah. What's the big idea? Because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like Speaking twilight. of which, we, we were in the library and they had some little trees and, like, a little scene and then, like... There's something poking out of the tree. I was like, what is this? And it's Edward with Bella on his back up inside the tree. Oh, that's like right. that little like cut out is like, oh my God. That was it was fun. so it was clever. adorable. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, so cute. Anyway, meanwhile in Fiona World, Marshall Lee and Gary arrive at Mrs. Abadair's blood drive and charity ball. Gary noticed that Marshall is unusually quiet, but assured him that he would be there for Marshall no matter what happens. So Marshall Lee, Mrs. Abadair, he's his mom, just so everyone's clear. Back in Vampire World, Bonnie gives the trio a tour of Peppermint Tank's interior, introducing them to Martin, so Martin Merton. Yeah. And Huntress. Bonnie then outlines her plan to defeat the vampires using garbos or garlic bombs. Garbos. Bonnie's main concern is a vampire she calls the star who huntress explains is the vicious ward of the vampire king martin arrives at the table with a pot of beans who's like a soup expert which i thought was really funny yeah yeah uh, but before anyone can eat baby world finn emerges from fiona's fiona's backpack enraging bonnie oh, like boy. how could you bring that baby here yeah yeah it, it's it really interesting seeing like in this timeline how into being a father martin is yeah like, look at this little thing it's great isn't it yeah it's so adorable he's like here's some beans they're like beans yay <laughs> i love it so scarab has returned to the time room and frantically clicks through scenes in vampire world searching for the trio scarab has been ignoring assignment notifications the very thing he first reprimanded prismo for bum, 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 bum. Bum. And he pays the iron price prismo <laughs> tries to bargain with him explaining that he can't just zap everything back to normal or that he can't just zap everything back to normal since scarab hasn't been able to chase them down this causes scarab to have an epiphany instead of chasing fiona and cake he could simply find the crown that they're after and wait for them to come to him just as scarab locates the crown in vampire world however he is engulfed in a blue ball of light and vanishes 
I forgot that this was in this episode. That's right. I know, right? Yeah. There's so much happening. These last four episodes, there's always so much happening at all times. Yeah. It's I found um, Scarab to be an engaging villain. Like, you know, he's one note-ish as a villain, yeah. like very, very driven to like this one specific goal, but the story that's going on with that and like just everything involving Scarab, I thought was... I was always interested in what was going on with that. Well, what I think is interesting about Scarab is that he's becoming his own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. And he's like the detective who never caught the bad guy, you know, so yeah. he's like obsessed. Yeah, he's losing focus on he is. the job and it's just become it's becoming a personal mm -hmm. vendetta. Yeah. 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 Fiona and Cake and Simon, too clever. Yeah. Clever Devers. <laughs> that clever bunch. <laughs> I was trying to be clever, and I, didn't, I, just, I, I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> okay, so in Fiona World, Miss Abadir observes uh, the blood drive and charity ball from a balcony above the party. Marshall Lee approaches and tries to introduce her to Gary, but she interrupts, chiding him for his casual clothing. She tells him that there are suits pressed for the two of them upstairs, and when Gary offers to sh shake her hand, she says that Marshall told her about his, quote, little baker entre entrepreneur friend. And it's really weird. She kind of does like some like anime like body movements. You know how they like kind of like yeah. whack out a little bit. It's really interesting. I know um, what you mean. Marshall Lee sighs and leads Gary to his room in the mansion. While Gary marvels at the idea of Marshall living in such a swanky place. Marshall corrects him, clarifying that he used to live there. Meanwhile, inside the peppermint tank, the tank issues a proximity alert. A pair of what appear to be humans are outside, blocking the tank's path and begging for help. Bonnie refuses to stop for them, but Fiona insists on helping them and hops out of the tank with Martin following. That's one of those moments where it's like, Fiona's a badass. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. A huntress observes their interactions with the humans, quote unquote humans, and realizes that it's a pair of vampire underlings puppeteering corpses as a trap, resulting in the tank rolling over and getting damaged. Marceline flies in and, and confronts them. Marceline is wild in this. Yeah, this is unhinged Marceline. Yeah. Marceline is the one who Bonnie calls the star and is taken aback when she hears Simon use Marcy's real name. Bonnie and Huntress try because like Simon's like, like, Marcy, this isn't you. This isn't who you are kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Bonnie and Huntress try to attack her, but Marceline easily evades everything they throw at her before swooping down and stealing Martin's soul. And she drains away all of his blood after biting his neck, killing him. It yeah, was so sad. it was a bummer. I was, yeah. I was really caught off guard by that. It was really just, I was like, wow, that escalated quickly. But yep. I guess that's like the, the real stakes, right? Yeah, that he, he, he's like with. a husk afterwards. Like everything's yeah. like drained out of him. Yeah. Fiona is spared the same fate when Cake stretches out and pulls her away from Marceline. Bonnie angrily declares that she'll have Marceline's heart, to which Marceline responds to with an air kiss. There's like so much tension between them. Mm-hmm. She flies back to the pl uh, palace laughing and calling Bonnie a loser. And Bonnie's like, I'm not a loser. It's like, no, you totally are. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we totally didn't just pause recording for 20 minutes. <laughs> the magic of editing. After Marceline leaves, Bonnie confronts Simon, threatening him with a knife to his neck. But she it was really spicy. Yeah, yeah. I was, like, I was even, anxious for Simon. Even made him bleed a little bit. Yeah. She demands to know how Simon knows Marceline's name, wondering aloud if he's a spy working for her. Simon timidly explains that he's from a different universe with its own Marceline, who he helped raise. This version of Marceline, he explains, was a vampire hunter who eventually fell in love with her, Bonnie, in, you know, the other world. Uh, Bonnie is dis disgusted with the idea of this, but withdraws her knife. 
While Bonnie is angry about the damaged tank, Cake offers to become a replacement tank to Fiona's objection. Cake assures Fiona that she can manage, so Fiona volunteers to take Martin's place, and Bonnie answers by tossing her Martin's jacket. Back in Fiona world, Gary helps Marshall straighten his suit at the charity ball. Gary marvels at all the important people he sees at the party. Marshall remarks that the party sucks, but encourages Gary to enjoy himself and network with the investors and other caterers. One of the investors shows interest in Gary's pitch, but as he explains his creation, he overhears some of the demeaning thing Mrs. Abadir says to Marshall, giving him pause. I wish I took note of this character's name. The 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 one investor that's really interested. He, yeah. He's like the little Monopoly guy. Yeah. I really enjoyed this character. Yeah. So in the alternate world, Bonnie announces to the group that they have the advantage of surprise, given that the vampires think that they are broken down miles away. They review the plan to put Garbos through the uh, hive and detonate them, clearing out all the vampires. The group splits up into three teams to distribute the Garbos in the hive. While Simon and Fiona are planting bombs, they hear Marceline's voice in a nearby room, bragging of her latest combat with Bonnie. Simon wonders aloud how Marceline could have uh, ended up that way, and Fiona speculates that it was because she didn't have Simon's positive influence. Like, she is the worst. Yeah, yeah. And, and she kills... Absolutely The bad. two people that are helping her get dressed or whatever, like her servant vampire people. She's just awful. Straight up evil. Evil. This is like... Yeah, yeah. This is like what Marceline would have been. Yeah, I guess it said it right there. <laughs> like yeah. without the influence of a positive fi- figure from uh, Simon. For real, yeah. So meanwhile in Fiona world, investors listen to Gary as he explains his pastry mention concept. They're interrupted when Mrs. Abadir proposes a toast and begins a speech about the blood relationship between mother and son. She uses this as a pretext to denigrate Marshall in front of all the guests. He quietly begs her not to continue, but she goes on explaining to the audience that rejoining the family business was a condition of the favor Marshall asks of her. And that is having the lemon uh, lemon carbs assess Gary's pastry mention idea. Gary is upset by the revelation that Marshall put himself through all of this for his sake. What someone would do for love. Yes. Uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Back in Vampire World, Bonnie activates the detonation countdown on the bombs and gives Huntress a piece of gum to retrieve the crown with. The bombs detonate and the low-level vampires flee the hive, but something is wrong. The clouds have cleared. Suddenly, the Vampire King emerges from the hive with Huntress's arrows, arrow-filled corpse in his arms. It's so sad. It is. It's this her... one has a lot of death in yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of sad, a lot of tragedy in this it's episode. It's wild. Marceline emerges from behind him to taunt Bonnie. Back in Fiona world, Miss Abadir continues her speech, whispering to a listless Marshall that he owes it to her to rejoin the family business. Gary ignores the investors and glowers at Miss Abadir. Fiona, Cake, and Simon dodge attacks from the Vampire King as Marceline attacks Bonnie. The two of them wrestle on the ground, and the Vampire orders Marceline to either finish her off or make the fighting more interesting. Suddenly, Simon emerges from cover to tell the Vampire King that he's a bad dad. The king attempts to throw Simon off the hive, but Fiona catches his hand at the last minute. Meanwhile, in Fiona world, Miss Abadir closes her speech by saying that years and years of embarrassing mistakes can be forgiven, then orders Marshall to tell the crowd how grateful he is for her forgiveness before he can. Gary points to her and tells her that she's a bad mom. Yeah. Marshall warns him that opposing his mother could cost Gary his career, to which Gary replies, you deserve better than anything that creep could do for me. Yeah, that's a good moment. So Marceline and Bonnie continue to fight. Each has several opportunities to kill the other, but neither takes them. Some Mm. suggest that they bail. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah, totally. 
Uh, but Cake notices that the Vampire King is distracted by the fighting, creating an opportunity for her to uh, take the crown. Fiona stops her, fearing for Cake's life, but she persists. Fiona takes the remote from Simon, and Cake tries to take it from her. The wrestling over the remote eventually breaks it. Simon screams, and the Vampire King sees Cake trying to steal the crown. Fiona hits the button on the remote right before the Vampire King tries to eat Cake. While fighting, flashback to Marcy and Bonnie. Marceline suggests that Bonnie joins her. As they fight, they tumble off the hive and plummet to the ground far below. Mm -hmm. Bonnie tries to stab her, but Marceline warns her that she'll fall to her death if she poofs her. The vampires go poof when they get... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they get poofed. Yep. Together then, Bonnie replies... Back in Fiona world, Gary grabs Marshall's hand and leads him up the stairs past Miss Aberdare, who angrily calls after him. In Vampire World, Marceline and Bonnie continue to fall, but before their fate is revealed, the scene cuts back to Marshall Lee and Gary in the elevator. They kiss before the doors close and the episode ends. Yes, yeah, that um, the dichotomy, like these different versions of them. Yeah, um, it's the back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, yeah. In, in one world, it's like their differences can... Make them destroy each other. And in another world, the differences kind of unite them. Yeah. What I think, too. So what we see in Adventure Time, though, is that wrestling. Figuratively, we see that wrestling of Marcy and Bonnie throughout the whole series. And then we literally see them wrestling in this in a way that feels like so different, maybe. Yeah. But we see them figuratively wrestling. And so... This is just a different manifestation of their relationship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I also like the mirroring of Marshall Lee and Gary on the other side and seeing, like, the wrestling that happened there. Yeah. You know, oh, wait, that was figurative. I mean, Bonnie and Marcy was literally okay. wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> so. But, I used the wrong word. But, yeah, you just see the figurative, figurative wrestling back and forth. So you have Gary and his relationship, like, Gary and his... Um, investor, his potential business. And then you you see him like making calculated decisions about the relationship, just as Barney, Barney, Bonnie and Marcy were doing calculated relationship, calculated like decision. Am I going to kill her and we're both going to die or am I going to let her live and I'm going to die anyway? Yeah. Yep. So this is probably not a popular opinion, but so I'm, I'm always very engaged in the stuff happening with Fiona and Cake. Yeah. And Simon. Yeah. And the stuff with um, the Scarab. Yeah. And I, I like the characters of Gary and Marshall. Every time it cuts back to them, I wanted to get back to the Fiona and Cake stuff. Yeah. I'm not sure. Does their stuff really overall tie in too much to the overall story of the show? Hmm. So this is I where mean, I think themes it does. wise, yes. But like, I feel like it bogs the show down a little bit. When we're spending a lot of time with them in some episodes. That's interesting. I think the reason why I think their their story is important, we see Fiona's world from a different perspective through their eyes. That's true. So you see that there is good in that world. I, I needed to hear something on that because it was just like the initial reaction watching the episodes. It's like, like, why do we have this I'm story? Like, I'm not as engaged with this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good point. It's, it's showing that that world is worth saving and keeping... Yeah. The way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is really interesting, not to spoil like the ending or anything, so I, I won't, but it's really interesting how perspe- like the concept of different perspectives, the concept of like one's individual perception may be different than the other. Yeah. When I'm talking to clients, it's like, 
two people can watch the same thing happen and have a different interpretation of what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think like this is a good example of that where they're living in a world where they're both struggling, Avi. You know, Fiona's kind of like their their home base, you know? Yeah. But they're kind of good. And I think it's fun, like, later when we see Fiona, like, see their relationship, looking at how excited she is. Like, oh, my God, what is what this? What is it? Yeah, she's, like, looking down at their hands. Yeah, yeah. it's so cute. <laughs> it's it a, it's is an like, awesome moment. It's adorable. It's one of my favorite Fiona moments. Yeah. As far as, like, just, like, showing her personality. Yeah. 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 And, like, that was, like, oh, is this world so bad without Simon's magic? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think that's maybe what the threat is. Yep. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Uh, so what else did you like in this? Oh, also, just like overall thoughts on this episode. Um, I didn't care. Like, I wrote in here, like, PB seems like badass in this. But as the episode went on, I kind of didn't like her. Like, she's a little much. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like. That was just what she needed to be, you know? Mm -hmm. But it is interesting to see, like, the different versions of characters. We do get a glimpse of Billy in this and the next episode, like, sitting right near the hive where he died. Yeah. Which I thought was sad, but... Yep. Again, really interesting, right? Yeah. We were talking about this last night, though. Like, there's some characters that were off-brand characters or whatever. I don't know what we called them, but mm. just, like, uh, forgettable characters that has shown up in this series that I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, like, like uh, really deep cuts into the original series. Yeah. Yep. And then you have, like, the classic characters, you know, that come back. And, of course, Billy has to be in this yeah, in I, one way or another. I feel so spoiled, like, already having gotten the squirrel in the show and stuff like that. Oh, uh, I know, right? Up to the end, I'm like, where's Sir Slicer? Where's Sir Slicer? I know, right? <laughs> and they make a reference to that episode. And I was like, oh, I wish yep. he was in it. Oh, I know. It would have been amazing. He probably died from that uh, splinter. Yeah, right? God. <laughs> it got infected. I thought Martin Mertens was great. He's a soup expert, and I w- questioned what it takes to be a soup expert. Is it like a sommelier, like for wine, but for soup, you know? Yeah, it's interesting because he's the soup expert here. And then in that episode with future Finn and his kids, they're having a, a stew. Yeah. So I wonder if there was supposed to be a connection oh there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 Jeez Louise. <laughs> Baby this, Finn was back. This show, I can't even. Um, you Oh, you took a lot of notes in this one. Yeah, I just write little stream of conscious things. But, so, yeah, I just thought, like, just different different aspects of it. Like, watch it. It's like watching Adventure Time for the first time watching this episode. I do think there's parts of it. Like, characters that if I had watched the entire series, I'd have a better understanding of their significance. The Vampire King. Yeah. Who, when I saw, so, uh, as I'm, I'm sure, like, I've said in the podcast many times, like, I, I used to have, like, DVDs of the first few seasons, and I watched them, like, religiously. Yeah. So the later seasons, I'd seen a lot of, but at the time of release, so it's been a long time. Yeah. So, like, the, uh, I recognized the Vampire King, but I had to Google who he was. I was like, yeah. I don't quite remember. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to learning more about that and that, like, arc. Yeah, yep. I'm excited to get there. That's, I think, season, I think, seven. I could be wrong. Yeah. Anything that you wanted to share about liking? Yeah, acrobatic vampires. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I thought the the action of this episode was on point. Yeah. Um, also, Fiona tries, oh, yeah. So the whole thing with, like, her Fiona trying to stab the vampire in the heart, she's like, I can't do it. Yeah. So it, remind, it reminded me of um, 
Cool. I feel like it was maybe a spoof of this, like 70s and 80s uh, zombie movies where like you got to shoot them in the head and then these people are shooting them anywhere but the yeah. head. They yeah. like shoot them in the gut like five times. Like, I can't believe it. it's not killing them. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then eventually shoots them in the head. And then the next zombie comes and they do the exact same thing, like, especially like Italian zombie movies. It's hilarious. Uh, from the 70s. Yeah, it's, I thought that was really funny. Was there anything else I was supposed to remind you of? I can't remember. Oh, it was. Oh, it was, it was my thoughts on like the Marshall and Gary. Oh, um, oh, 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 yeah. Plot. Okay. Um, which again, like, I like it. I like them as characters. I like their story together. Yeah. Um, I do feel like when it goes to them, I want to get back to the Fiona and Cake stuff, though, just yeah. personally. And I get that, and I and I understand it because it is a slower paced. Mm-hmm. experience which i don't like, mind because you remember the first episode of the show yeah was very leisurely paced and i loved it i thought that was one of my favorite episodes of the series mm. maybe my favorite episode interesting after you know the squirrel one yeah i don't um so i don't know there's, there's just something about it that yeah. just like okay well all right i wonder if it's because there's so much happening with the trio that i feel like i'm missing it if we're not Focused on it at all times. It's like Game of Thrones, where so it's like you have the, the character of like Bran in Game of Thrones yeah. who's like the kid, and like if you're reading the books, that like each chapter you're seeing it from a different character's perspective. Yeah. When you see it's a Bran chapter, you're like, okay, well this is gonna slow it down a little bit. <laughs> That's funny that you say that though, because I'm going through them right now, and I don't feel that way at all. That's interesting. I gotta yeah. reread those books one day. You have it, read them. I know. Reread them. Oh, okay. Yeah. It took a year to get through those. Those are some long books. Uh, all right, Matt, what was your favorite line? My favorite line was, I've never been a big picture person. It's Fiona. <laughs> and I'm a very single goal at a time oriented person, so I can yes, completely you relate to that. <laughs> and I am not at all. I'm like, I need to work on a billion things at once. I need to focus on this one thing before I can pay attention to anything else. Oh my gosh. Like, I think that's been one of our, like major differences between the two of us outside of like how clean we are like i'm a much more cluttery person and matt is a very clean person and so that's how something but like you're very step one step two step three i'm like all the steps together all at once let's do it yeah i'm like i'm trying to transition into a new career right now and i'm like i need to do this step first and i need to do this step next and all will go well (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome uh what's your favorite line i almost got eight this world is scary is that cake yeah. Awesome. I love cake. Really great. How about an impression of a character? I live for this biz. Also cake. cake. I love it. <laughs> and mine is beans, which is Fiona and cake at the same time. Actually, okay. if we both say the line at the same time, it'll be us doing Fiona and cake. So one, okay, ready? two, three. Beans. beans. Oh, my God. There we go. All right. We got some triv. Kick it. It's trivia time. So this episode marks the first time that Billy appears without the Lich, despite his counterpart from an alternate universe. Ooh. Hannah Abadir's penthouse and the rich people in the blood drive and charity ball makes visual parallels to the Nightosphere, a dimension oh. ruled by Hunt and Abadir, yeah. the main universe gender bent counterpart of herself. Which I feel like is imp- important to point out because I, I do believe there are people who have started listening to this podcast just to listen to the Fiona and Cake stuff who don't actually watch Adventure Time. Yeah. So. Additionally, Mentor gender swap and human and or human versions of the original series characters made a cameo. So Marjo, which was Maja. Uh-huh. Magic Man. 
didn't even realize that. Whoa. I need to go back and watch this episode just so I can see magic. Oh, but, okay, so the, during the party, I was wondering if maybe a bunch of these characters were call callbacks to, to somebody. Yeah. But there were so many that like, I couldn't. Zergiok, Bandit Princess, Dr. Princess, Ricardo, which we saw. Yes. Um, Eberhart, Kio, Keith. Kio, <laughs> Keith. Tiny. That guy was so funny. He was great. Yeah, he was so funny. I think we saw him. He's like, I gotta do yoga. Your butt is mine, Joshua. <laughs> uh, Tiny Manicore. Oh, yeah. Carol, Ron James, Samantha, Demon Guard, Bella Noche. Bella Noche. Bella Noche. Bella Noche. Bella Noche. Grid face and soul sucked fuzzy friend or the butler. You know what I want to see come back? The train. <laughs> the train you know what was it this train's gonna smack you down on his tracks <laughs> i'm the train your caboose is, is mine, mine. <laughs> oh my God. Like, oh. <laughs> i love it that was so good so the alert scarab receives reveals that the cosmic owl is now wanted for profiteering that's hilarious <laughs> oh that's Freaking great hilarious it's somehow like on character yeah uh, Marshallese van has a car pendant that represents Hambo, his opposite gender counterpart's childish childhood plush. Wow, I'm actually really loving this trivia. Yeah, it's <laughs> this episode, there's a lot of there's stuff a I didn't lot catch. Of Easter eggs. Yeah. The end credits dream shows the house of the main universe's Marceline, but hanging upside down on the cave's roof with bat wings. Oh. Yeah. Marshallese and Gary Princess suits resemble the ones the non-human versions of themselves use in the comics. Adventure time. 2017 spooktacular. Ooh, spooktacular. Spooktacular. Yeah, I'd be interested in reading that. Spooktacular. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> this episode was foreshadowed twice in Simon Petrikov. Interesting. The, yeah. The first time was during the flashback of Simon and Marceline when he is talking about how she would be fine without him, which this episode ironically proves he was wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The second time was Marceline's failed tattoo, briefly showing a wooden stake in a heart. Hmm. Bonnie's mug has a symbol of Timmy, her cat in the main universe, seen on her shirt in pajama war and mama said. Oh, yeah. Bonnie's garlic bombs have the exact same design as those Peppermint Butler introduced back in Vamps About. I wouldn't know about that. Yeah. Bonnie's high technology in her tank, uh, it's artificial intelligence or AI, as the kids are calling it. <laughs> Uh, and her holographic wristband contrasts with the rest of the world, implies that she is also a scientist and inventor, just like her main universe counterpart, albeit for military purposes. Yes. The camouflage is also pink and purple. Yes, it is. This episode has the name of a tarot card, just like Stakes miniseries. It is also used as a nickname to the Marceline of this universe, the same way it was used to name the vampires from those aforementioned episodes. The star card can represent new hopes and revelations, but inverted can mean loss and despair, much like the situation of both Ooh and Marceline changing drastically due to the absence of Simon. Who would have thought the Ice King is the linchpin of all of Ooh? Yes, I know, right? Seriously. And you know what's something I just realized is the Ice King, as we knew him in Adventure Time, is one character we don't see in the show. Except for the videos that BMO plays. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that counts. But that's, but that's only a little snippet, right? This, this trivia reminds me of the fact that, you know, when, when we're reviewing the original Adventure Time, uh, there, there are things that we, we like, we pick out from it. Like yeah, little yeah. things to catch. And yeah. like, 
callbacks every now and then, but this show is so loaded with callbacks and Easter eggs and uh, messages, metaphors, and that I feel like without this trivia, I wouldn't have caught a lot of stuff. Because oh, I, 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 t- I took for granted the fact that, you know, we had to kind of pick some of the stuff out of the original series, especially yeah. in like early seasons when there wasn't as much. Where you'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it t- definitely took that for granted. And, and yeah. here it's like, okay, there's stuff all over the place. It's awesome. To pay attention to. And it's, this is one of the shows like you could watch multiple times and catch new things every mm-hmm. time, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Martin Mertens. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. The jacket is very similar to that of his main universe counterpart seen in The Visitor. However, the most noticeable difference is that the pointy lines on the sleeves are white instead of yellow. And he wears like a Speedo situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's he great. does. great. <laughs> Love his legs. This last one's all you. Yeah. Jinx Monsoon, one of my favorite drag queens ever, voiced Lemon Carb number one, like a badass. Oh, yeah. Also, great voice performance. Right? So, so good. All right. Any last thoughts about this, uh, their episode? I enjoyed this one, actually, quite a bit. And I I, I knew going into the second half of this series, you know, I I wasn't thrilled with, like, the whole angle with the um, multiverse. But it's like, once you you give into that and just enjoy the show for what it is, I, I was able to enjoy it quite a bit more. Nice. And it's just like the, each each episode is its own adventure, seeing like these different versions of these characters in every yeah. episode. At first, I was like, oh, OK, well, I was worried that I wouldn't get to latch on to a lot of characters because we're getting different versions of them in every episode. But I guess ultimately it's about, you know, Fiona, Cake, Simon and uh, Gary and Marshall. So, yeah, yeah. And LSP. And LSP. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I ended up enjoying the show quite a bit more after some reflection. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How about you? I think this might be like an episode 10 reflection, but I'm going to share it now. Like, I'll elaborate more on it later. But like, I really like this. It's different from, I think, the Fiona and Cake that we saw with OG Adventure Time. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it's I like the callbacks. It's kind of like going back and seeing a familiar friend or an old friend, you know, and Mm -hmm which I enjoy, and I enjoy the Easter eggs, and I'm really looking forward to going back to Adventure Time and watching more of that. I'm too. I, I miss it. I'm actually, I'm excited to get into season six. And you know, I actually feel like this series, it's a cool way to go into the second half of Adventure Time because this demonstrates a, a little more of what Adventure Time becomes over the last few seasons. Yeah. So I've got some thoughts on that. When, we, when we're wrapping up episode 10 of this show, and how I feel about this compared to the different tones of Adventure Time over over yeah. its run. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited to hear about it. I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so cute about it? Never. Oh, my gosh. All right. Should we get to the next episode? Let's do it. All right. Episode 8, Jerry. IMDb rating 9.6. Directed by Steve Wolfhard. Ooh, nice. Written and storyboarded by Hannah King Nystrom. Anna Sylvestrom, Jim Campbell, and Jackie Flies. Jackie? Jackie Files? That one too. <laughs> so cool name. I kind of like her flying. Yeah, it's... Jackie Flies. Original air date 921-2023. Looks like we got our um, Scandinavian team back for this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. Title card is the word Jerry. And um, a lot of like wonky yeah. flying situation happening. Yep. All right. Synopsis. <laughs> that was the laziest title card reading ever. <laughs> it's like it's black and white. It's black and white, Jerry. says Jerry. <laughs> There's some rips. There's some lines. I don't know. 
<laughs> In a flashback, Simon Petrikov and Betty Groff traverse a creek, with Simon taking a cautious approach by walking on some slippery rocks. Betty simply removes her shoes and walks through. Uh, Simon does the same, only to slip on a rock and fall into the water. The two share a good laugh. In the present, Simon, Fiona, and Cake walk through a new alternate universe in search of the crown, but find no sign of it, nor the Ice Kingdom, much less any sign of life whatsoever. Cake is still angry at Fiona for transporting them out of Vampire World before she could steal the crown from Vampire King, despite Fiona insisting she save Cake. With the remote broken, Simon foresees that they will likely be stuck in this world unless they can find a way to jumpstart it. Meanwhile, Scarab is met by Orbo, his boss. By the way, Orbo is a delight. <laughs> he is a delight and voiced by the same voice actor that does Bingo and Bluey. Blue and we if have you a haven't sticker watched on our Bluey, like, you are missing out. Yeah, that show is really fun. Like, even for, like... Like that's that's young young kids like cartoon. It's like cartoon. my three, three, three or four so year old niece like absolutely love this mm -hmm. show, and I would we've watched it just us together like yeah. Blue is life and new episodes coming January twelfth twenty twenty four. Oh F yeah. Get your Disney Plus subscriptions now. <laughs> Disney sponsor us. The end. That's right. We just don't want to watch any of your Marvel shows. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many of them. <laughs> so, uh, I don't want to have to watch TV to know what's happening in a movie. No, I don't either. It drives me crazy. Um, oh, uh, shoot. So, Bluey... Generally, like, there's a threshold of cartoons where it's like, once you yeah. hit a certain age threshold, like, shows can start getting really funny and, like, quirky and weird, like Adventure Time or, like, Flapjack. Or, uh, what was that show I really liked? Um, oh, Steven Clarence. Universe? Clarence. Oh. Like, just really oddball. It's like, you hit, like, that age is, like, 8 to, like, 13 range. Yeah, and they yeah. start getting, like, to a point where it's, like, if you're an adult who grew up in the 90s with, like, some weird cartoons, you start to enjoy them. But below a certain age range, shows are just like, oh, boy, I gotta watch this because a three-year-old wants to watch something. Yeah, like, but like Bluey, Little Einsteins. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Bluey is for that age range, but it manages to also still be really funny. It's so great. Yep. It's, like, undercover, like, a a show for parents. Yeah. Because, like, you see the sarcasm in the parents. Oh, it's so In great. that show. Yeah. And it's Australian. And how could you not love the accent? Yeah. <laughs> I may or may not change my Alexa voice in my office to be Australian because of Bluey. <laughs> I mean, I may or may not have. It's it's funny you say that because I was just having a conversation with so I, I've recently reached out to and and thrilled to say I, I'm becoming friends with uh, one of my my heroes in podcasting this guy uh, Dave Doctor Shock Becker he's he's in a bunch of different horror movie podcasts and we were just geeking out recently and going on about uh, how much we both love Ita uh, not Italian Australian films uh -huh. I was like I was like there's just this whole like plethora of great movies in australia that nobody there here knows are. about you're right yep i love australian film and australian horror movies especially so anyway yeah australia man it's cool <laughs> <laughs> australia's all right <laughs> it's a-okay we approve <laughs> while cake storms off simon and fiona converse on their encounter with the alternate version of Marceline while Simon remarking on his regrets of hurting his Marceline when he used the crown, only to see she likely would have been worse off without him. And you know what? That's one of those little moments that yeah. I'm glad Simon got in yeah. this show. Fiona sadly connects this to her own choice to save Cake, even though it has harmed their relationship. 
Simon cheers Fiona up by telling her about his relationship. Oh, this is the oh, this is the flashback episode with Betty. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh! Welcome to Adventure Time, Matt. <laughs> Relating how they first met at the library and revealing through flashback that she was one of the only people who believed in his research into magical artifacts and eagerly agreed to join his expedition to find the Enchiridion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, though she gave up on a planned trip to Australia to look for petroglyphs by doing this, which is an important detail. And this is also where he shows the armor. Armor. From Sir Slicer. Yeah. The armor of Zeldaron. Yeah, that one. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Is that this episode? I can't remember, but if it is, I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. I love that we both laugh at the same Uh, time. It was like one of the funniest moments in anything Adventure Time ever. Yes, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. This story, excuse me, the story is interrupted by Cake Screech encountering something in a decaying treehouse. Which I thought was really cool how they did that, where it's like just like this, like really rundown treehouse. Everything looks like driftwood, question mark. Yeah. Anyway, this something turns out to be the universe's version of BMO, which is oblivious. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> which is oblivious to where everyone is. Meanwhile, Orbo scolds Scarab for ignoring their calls. Scarab tries to report Prisma's illegal alternate new universe, but Orbo does not believe him and refuses to let him contact his own boss. Bimo then leads the group to a location of the Ice Kingdom in this world. Cake, who has grown fond of Bimo, blows off Fiona to hang out with them instead. And it is interesting that they call them, reference them as a he instead of a they. Yeah. Oh, in the other yeah. universe. There are, there are many times throughout Adventure Time where Bimo's just, they refer to Bimo as he. He and, yeah. Yep. And, and they. But the Bimo also refers to themselves. As a mother on occasion. Yeah, so isn't that interesting? So, yeah, Bimo's very, it's, Bimo's a gender fluid character. Like, I it's, love Bimo in this episode. I, yeah, I do too. Bimo, listen guys, I wish everyone that listened to our first episode would listen to like future episodes about I know, how we feel about Bimo. My biggest regret ever in podcasting <laughs> is some of the opinions we had at the beginning of the podcast yeah. like before like really diving into adventure time yeah and i man i, I listened back in some of those and i'm like oh you shouldn't have said that <laughs> but it's too late I, there's no getting rid of it that ship has sailed as yeah. you like to say as uh hagrid would say as i shouldn't hagrid. have said that i shouldn't have said that <laughs> we've been watching all the harry potters also yes, we again have. yep love it by the way so whatever this episode's gonna be long a few months ago, I went back and listened to like almost every episode of our podcast, which, which was an undertaking. Bully to you, my um, dad. And every year, like we always ended up bringing in like, oh, it's December. We're watching our Harry Potter and um, Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. So yeah, we we were due for talking about that this year because it's December. Wait, it's December. In case you didn't know, is it almost Christmas? <laughs> it's almost Christmas. Matt, do you shopping? Mm. <laughs> I want to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh simon continues to share his story at fiona's request describing how he and betty bonded on their trip with an encounter revealing his cautious approach to exploration and her more brute force methods they arrive at the former location of the ice kingdom it having completely melted and no sign of this universe's ice king they find some of uh ice king's tapes which <laughs> bemo plays <laughs> oh, he's like oh butt stuff oh butt stuff <laughs> So discomforted by seeing a version of his past self, Simon walks off to keep looking for the crown, while Fiona and Cake watch with amusement. 
Gradually, however, they grow disturbed as they see the depths of his madness and his abuse of Gunter, and just missing a mysterious moment on the tape where both suddenly turn into skeletons. I missed okay, that so part. I did, so I did see that. I thought that was my imagination, because it happens for like a fraction of a second. I missed that completely. Yeah, yeah, it was, okay, I'm, I'm very curious about that. Simon reports no luck in finding the crown, and their only hope is fixing the remote. BMO declares Princess Bubblegum can fix it and starts leading them to the Candy Kingdom. Noticing Fiona's dour mood, Simon continues the story of him and Betty, recalling Betty declining an offer to join him and taking credit for discovering the Enchiridion. But before he can get to the best part, they arrive to the Candy Kingdom. Not finding the princess, Bimo instead puts on some of her old clothes and crown and represents himself as Bubblegum to everyone's bewilderment. Bimo as Bubblegum mysteriously claims that one day everyone turned into skeletons, followed by the arrival of Jerry. Jerry! Jerry! Refusing to elaborate, he inspects the remote and claims it is beyond her ability to fix it. Cake throws a tantrum, blaming Fiona for their troubles, prompting Fiona to tearfully run off. Simon follows her to a balcony and continues his and Betty's story, talking about how even after they went their separate ways, he could not stop thinking about her. Later, he discovers a note that she left for him, praising his research as well as admiring him as a person after their, ex- their uh, expedition, expressing a wish to stay by his side. Mm. Yeah. Learning she was planning to leave on another expedition, Simon intercepted her at a bus stop and declared that he felt the same way, marking the beginning of their romantic relationship. This succeeds in cheering Fiona up, and she asks if they subsequently went to Australia to find petroglyphs. Simon, surprised, denies this, but they were interrupted by Bima, who is moved to tears by the story. Resolving to help them however he can, he connects the remote to his heart and tries to jumpstart it, which this literally, like, broke me. But the attempt fails, resulting in his death. Yeah. And when Kate tearfully grabs his body, it turns into the, a normal alarm clock from Fiona World. Yeah. It's so sad. That you was... see the little BMO heart and everything. And it happened so quickly. And it was just like, oh, there's another like more death. I know. So I, do, I like this show. One of the complaints that I've, I've read from some people is that they're like, hey, do you want to see all these characters that you love from Adventure Time that you grew up with and grew to care about uh, die or yeah. have miserable yeah. uh, outcomes? Well, like watching BMO die was hard. It was. And I, I, I understand why. I understand the idea of multiverse. I understand all of that. And it still doesn't stop it from yeah. being sucky. Yeah. I mean, the idea of the multiverse in this, you know, so there's different versions. So it's like not every version suffered that fate. Yeah. But it's still hard to see having the characters you love. Yeah. Yeah. So the group bury and eulogize. Eulogize. Hmm. Bemo outside the Candy Kingdom. <laughs> is that a word that you're <laughs> I've never actually like spelled it out before. It's such yeah, an it is interesting weird. word. There's a lot of letters in that. A lot of vowels. <laughs> so they eulogize Bemo outside the Candy Kingdom <laughs> with Kate ultimately turning to Fiona for comfort. She then suggests finding Jerry and delivering the bad news. On their way, Fiona and Kate cheer each other up by singing the Cheers theme, prompting Simon to ask if they know any other songs. Unfortunately, Fiona only knows the closing theme to Cheers, but Kate starts singing the same tune that she sang when she and Simon first met. Back when, remember, Simon like flipped out when he heard her singing this. Yeah. Simon reveals that it was actually his and Betty's song, their favorite, which they felt symbolized their relationship. And then it, like proceeds to show like have like a little music like yeah. sing the whole song and like show them and yeah, i remember joking like while it's playing the song i was like isn't it funny how like in all the worlds of adventure time everybody listens to like indie rock bands <laughs> <laughs> 
They eventually come to a pit, supposedly the home of Jerry. Upon entering, they find several skeletons and Jerry himself, whom a horrified Simon realizes that is actually, wait for it, the Lich. The Lich. Who immobilizes them before they can run. Meanwhile, Orbo, so flashing over to Orbo and Scarab, Orbo teleports Scarab to a different room and allows him to speak his mind. Scarab describes all of Prisma's actions and makes the case that why he should be allowed to finish his job. Orbo is prepared to attack Scarab anyway, but his boss intervenes via phone. And in the thoughts of this episode of the end, I'm going to have to get into what I think about this Lich stuff. Yeah. Um, so the Lich dryly observes Ice Wizard's return and how he would have killed him in the past, but promptly frees him and goes back to sleep. Simon mm. tells Fiona and Cake on who Jerry really is and realizes that this is a world in which the Lich succeeded in killing all life, but the Lich himself is depressed because his purpose has been fulfilled with nothing left. Mm. In turn, there's no way for them to continue surviving in this world without any life. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Fiona reluctantly reveals that uh, she's been carrying the crown, having found it in this world's ice kingdom. However, after seeing what he was like as the Ice King, she did not want Simon to suffer this fate again, so she kept it hidden. She fears that what might happen to her world once the crown is put on. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a what you were carrying it the whole time thing, but at the same time, it's like, I get it. It's like, yeah, we need that. We might need this crown, but it, it's, yeah, she's... Yeah, I think yeah. I think it was a good move, actually, her keeping it hidden for a little bit. Like It also shows, like, her compassion towards Simon. Yes. Yep. It's really moving stuff. It is. Move you to tears. And it did. Simon assures her things will be fine, and he is prepared to sacrifice himself for their sake, which is also very sad. Yep. Simon begins the ritual so Fiona and Kate can return to his mind, which piques the Lich's interest. The portal reopens and Fiona and Cake enter it just as the Scarab arrives, having been allowed to interfere by his boss. Scarab prepares to strike, but just as Simon starts to put the crown on, his memory of Betty causes the initial purpose of the ritual to finally succeed, teleporting him and a surprise Scarab into Golbs, Golbs? Golbs. Golbs world as the Lich watches in odd silence. Woo! So, That's um, all of the episode. Man. So we watched these last four episodes in pretty quick succession. And I remember thinking like, ah, oh, really? Something about this episode. <laughs> and then having not really thought about it again until talking about it just, until yeah. just now. Um, by the way, uh, by the way, what? Uh, how did you feel about this episode? Yeah, a lot. Okay, so this is where I see a lot of like the differences between the characters like Cake and Jake, right? Their personalities are so widely different. Yeah. And Jake was kind of a... A D-bag, like, at times. And other times he was, like, Finn's number one. Yeah. But it's interesting to see how we're really settling into the differences between the characters. And they're, like, I almost feel like they're no longer a gender-bent version of each other, but just different adventurers. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up because I recently listened to our very first Fiona and Cake episode with Natasha. Uh, You know, the, the first Fiona and Cake episode of the original Adventure Time. And at the end of that episode, we actually said, like, we went in expecting them to just be gender bent versions, but they did have a lot of their own personality already. Yeah. And this takes it even further to the point where it's like, these don't feel at all like just Finn and Jake. No, not yep. at all. Yeah. There was a Stussy symbol on a wall that was really funny. And also oh, yeah. the, the BMO stuff was just... The BMO stuff in this was great. That was actually the, one of my yeah. favorite, yeah. favorite things in the series. Yeah. So. I thought it was such an interesting curve how Jerry mm-hmm. was a lich. Yeah, yep, that was, 
The Lich stuff in this episode cemented the fact for me that, and this is my overall thoughts on this one, I would say not only is this one of my favorite episodes of the series, it's one of my favorite episodes of Adventure Time. Really? Sorry, I got something. I got something went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> so. Wow, Matt. Way to kill a moment. <laughs> I know. But, um, yeah, I really, 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 really love this episode. Yeah. Yep. Why? So, I really liked the, um, seeing the Simon and Betty story play out. Yeah. Adventure Time had really sad moments. Yeah. Like, there, there's some really, like, impactful moments in Adventure Time, but that one, something about it was, like, it felt kind of real. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, um, the Lich stuff. Yeah. I always said, uh, like, the Lich looks really cool, has a cool voice. He was always a one-dimensional villain to me in right. Adventure Time. That, that's one problem I always had. Like, um, Adventure Time had great villains, but then one of the most popular villains was the Lich, who I always thought was kind of a boring character. Really? And here you see his reasoning, at least. Yeah. And you see him kind of getting, like, passionate about something. Like, why am I not fulfilled? Like, you've yeah. never actually seen real personality from the Lich before. Right. And I feel like this did a better job with the Lich in one episode than Adventure Time did in its entire run. Well, That's I, one thing I think this show did actually better than Adventure Time was yeah. the Lich. I think what's really interesting... I have a question. Does mm. the Lich show up again in Adventure Time, or what we've seen already is all of it? There's a there's a little more Lich. Okay. Yep. I do think it's really interesting how the main villain of Adventure Time is the Lich at the beginning. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we saved him from killing everybody. But, like, it is interesting to me how this idea of, like, everybody being dead would, like, fulfill his, like, purpose. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't. Yeah. Or it doesn't appear to. And we saw why he wanted to kill everybody. Like, why yeah. he wanted to eliminate all life. Like, now we see that reason. It makes him a little more like Thanos, you know, like. Totally. Um, Where you see, like, there's some pathos there. Yeah. Yep. Almost everything in this episode, I felt like, was great. Yeah. I love all the Fiona and Cake stuff in this one, like, in their turmoil. Yeah. And then seeing Simon get a sense of purpose again. Right. Was I didn't great. fully appreciate the Fiona and Cake feud. I get that their purpose is to get the crown, right? Yeah. Like, I understand that. But I don't fully understand Cake's anger at Fiona for protecting her. I think the seed was planted in the third episode when Cake was describing her relationship with Fiona as like a, a bossy roommate. Mm. I feel like she's had some resentment for Fiona for a bit. Yeah, that makes sense. And maybe it's just kind of built up at, at this point. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But um, I think the the great thing about that, though, was it leading into... I remember like the first few episodes, like Simon was so down on himself, like so depressed. And here... He's acting with Fiona the way that he did with young Marceline. Totally. Totally. I love how Simon has come into this episode being like, hey, there's stuff that's bigger than me. Mm -hmm. Even though he is kind of like the part of the story that needs to make a change, right? Like yeah. his magic is what makes her magic. Yep. And he really devotes like this episode to thinking about how can I best serve these two that are at odds with each other and really think about like taking Fiona under my wing like I did Marceline and being that role model, if you will. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't, there's there's just like a lot of like really emotional moments in this episode. There's that a lot of gems in this episode. I would really surprised me. Yeah. I mean, like the BMO aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Heart wrenching. Exactly, I didn't get, get to that. Like, 
The BMO stuff in this is phenomenal. Like they couldn't have done BMO better and then justice you have the Lich, in the show, right? You have like two ma- like huge characters, and the Lich comes into the next episode too. But like this is phenomenal. Yep, it's this, great. Um, Good job, Adam Muto. I know. Like despite like I, I've had I've had like you know I I do I like the show, but I've had you like, like my, I, I've had some gripes. But this is one episode like pretty much from beginning to finish. I was just so on board and i yeah. loved like almost every minute of this episode yeah that's awesome i um Good. yeah just the emotional moments in this one hit me in like uh a way that adventure time really did yeah yep. yeah all right so matt what was your favorite line not Ooh. to undercut what you just said sorry Ooh, butt stuff <laughs> <laughs> just to undercut it more bemo it's when they're putting the tape in bemos but i'll fix it don't worry What's your favorite line? The power of love is so beautiful. And that's Bemo. I love it. Bemo was the heart of this episode. Totally. Like, I think it just as Bemo is, right? Yep. This ca- this episode captured the essence of Bemo in just one episode so well. Well, I just... I, I'm sorry. I'm, like, geeking out over this one. Like, no, I, no, it's okay. I, I didn't get to really process this episode until we were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry about it. What makes me sad is that all the haters out there <laughs> that listen to our first episode aren't going to be able to listen, aren't choosing to listen to this to yeah. see like how much we adore BMO. And also, if you think about like Mo, right? Mm-hmm. What was his mission for BMO, right? To be yeah. more into like, like spread joy and happiness in the world. And this is another example of how BMO fulfills their mission. Yep. Self sacrificing. Feelings. And it's, you know, it's odd because it's like, it is a really sad moment, but there's also humor in just yeah. how suddenly it happens. Yeah. Uh, what's your impression of a character? I am the beautiful and brilliant Princess Bubblegum, which is Bemo. also Bemo. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And mine is, you're really whiffing that ball lately. <laughs> <laughs> which is horrible. And that's, that's the best Australian accent you're going to get out of me. I love it. I love it. I love it. Good job, Maddie. Thank you. All right. We got some triv. Good, good. It's trivia time. All right, so it is revealed that the Lich's wish-altered reality still exists even after the events of the Lich, Finn the human, and Jake the dog. Finn's wish-altered reality, Farmworld, was revealed to still exist in the episode crossover despite the fact that Jake changed the Lich's wish in a Jake the dog, undoing the Lich's and Finn's wishes, which brought Finn back to Ooh. This left the Lich stranded in the time room and brought everyone back to life. What? <laughs> Basically, this alternate reality still existed despite Jake's attempts to fix it. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, God. The tape revealed that this universe's Ice King's crown was preserved inside of his drums after he turned into a skeleton, which Fiona secretly took after looking in the direction of the drums. The crown can be seen inside the drum set as the group leaves the ruins of Ice Kingdom. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Episode. I didn't see, I was looking for that, but I didn't see it. Oh, I mean. But I was like, oh, because like during the video, he's like, oh, I put the, I put it in the drums. Remember? Like he did the thing, right? Yeah. And that's, I think, where she realized like, but they paused next to all of the musical instruments. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the crowd is in the drums. I'm glad you caught it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Episode connections. Oh my God. Simon tells the story of how he and Betty met and how they found the Enchiridion. It contains references to the episode I Remember You, Broke His Crown, and Temple of Mars. All of which I haven't seen, except I Remember You. Yeah, yeah, you have seen that one for sure. Betty's glasses is are the same as the one seen. 
And she interacted with a projection of her past in Temple of Mars, which makes perfect sense given the very near time frame for both flashbacks. This also implies she changed her glasses to the classic pointed cat eyes sometimes later. Oh, okay. Man, she had time to do that. Crazy town. Yeah. But also... Great job, team, on continuity. Oh, my God. Yeah, the continuity in the show has been crazy. Wild. The magic relics that Simon mentions in his presentation are the armor of Zelderon from... Okay, so this isn't the episode that we were laughing about earlier with the uh, Choose Goose part. Oh, yeah, that's which, right. Which yeah. is like a top I 10 I think that comes next, next episode or the end episode, one or the other, but... <laughs> we both just like gut bust Literally <laughs> LOL'd. So, uh, so the magic relics that Simon mentions in this presentation are the Armor of Zelderon from Blood Under the Skin, which is one of my top like five funniest Adventure Time episodes. So good. The Wand of Disbursement from Sons of Mars, which is another episode I love, and Skyhooks 2... The Lamb Relic from Beyond This Earthly Realm. Yeah. And the Enchiridion. It was fun to see that callback. Yeah. Which one? The Enchiridion? I, like, I know this. I know that one. I know that one. <laughs> I understand cool. that reference. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> or like I, the uh, Captain I, America Amy, meme. <laughs> I get it. Me. <laughs> you did it, honey. I did it. You're an Adventure Time expert. Espert. Uh, Simon's presentation also features the triangular-shaped wizards known as the Usurpers of Wizard City who hid the Coco Tempai's body in the flashback from Wizard City. Wow. Wow. Deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm very curious about the writers of the show. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why? Uh, because, like, some of these references, like, some of these cuts, I'm like, like, that's... A there? very small detail in an episode, like even some episodes of this, like callback to episodes, I'm like, oh yeah? Like, I bet Adam Muto's house has like a themed room for every season. In every single episode. And he has like like maps and yeah. everything drawn out like one of those like crazy like serial killer maps. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Adam there's, Muto's yeah, there's house. There's a lot of thought that went into this. A lot of thought, which makes it even, I just am curious about what happens in season two. Which, if you aren't aware, there's been green light for season two. Oh, yeah, by like, the way, Adventure Time News. <laughs> yeah, like, it's been the green light, and I'm just like, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, a lot of pieces that they can still bring back, but it's just so many Easter eggs that, how do they keep track of all this? I, I know, know, it's crazy. I love it. Several items in the re- in the remains of the Ice Kingdom were previously seen in multiple episodes of the original series. Ninja Weaponry and Ice King Sairi <laughs> from the, the Chamber of Frozen Blades. The demonic wishing eye from when wedding bells thaw. The machine that powered up Nectar in what is what is life? What is life? And the oh, yeah, 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 you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and the Ice King's tapes collection from Holly Jolly Secrets Aww, Parts One and Two. That was sad. The alternate version of BMO from the Extinct World also plays the Ice King's videotapes the same way they did in the aforementioned episodes. Oh yeah. The Lich simply refers to Simon as Ice Wizard. Similarly, a lich possessed. Why didn't I do? Why didn't I choose him as my impression? I don't know. Uh, similarly, a lich possessed princess bubblegum states the the ice wizard is a weak fool in mortal recoil. Oh yeah, the Exorcist episode. That but was it's really so funny. crazy because all of this is about the Ice King. Yes, it is. So Tom Kenny has said that um, this show hit him on a more emotional level than any other voice role he's ever done. Interesting. And after watching this episode and the final episode of the show, like, I can absolutely see why. Oh, 100%. Because you think Tom Kenny, you think, like, you know, Ice King, uh, SpongeBob. But if you think about, I mean, crap, man, the fact that he's SpongeBob is wild. But if you think about 
the way that Adventure Time like pulls at the heartstrings, especially with Ice King, Holly Jolly Secrets, one yeah, and two. Yeah. Case in point. You look at like say season one, Ice King. Yeah. This goofy, obnoxious. They didn't even know what they were doing with him. And he's like one of the most intriguing cartoon characters. A hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I totally agree. I think that the Ice King is so fascinating because there's so, so many layers. And you realize like the crazy part that Adventure Time does is like they bring in Simon Petrikov. They said, this is this beautiful human of a person who raised this cool kid who did all these amazing things. And became also a villain because he was saving them from poverty, from like this this craziness that was happening to them. Yeah. And then because of that became this like crazy thing. Like that's just wild. And like the dimension and the the layers that come into this character. And then you add Betty on top of it. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know? Betty who would give nothing but to be with Simon. And then you see the layers of their oh relationship. Oh my in gosh. Show. Yeah. Wild. Wait a minute. My mind is blown. Wait a minute. You remember what? that episode in uh, season five where Betty comes through yes. to be with Simon again? Do you feel like that might conflict a little bit with where that story goes in the show? Hmm. I don't know. How she ultimately felt about their relationship? Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Maybe. Well, if, if, if anybody has thoughts on that, write into us. We'll, we'll, we'll put the email details in the end of the episode. Just wild. Okay, where were we at? Sorry. <laughs> um, the Lich simply refers to... Oh, wait, oh, yeah. no, no, we did After that one. After Bebo dies trying to make Prismo's remote work, Cake picks him up and causes him to turn into alarm clock Fiona has in Fiona World. This is an effect of Fiona and Cake virus-like powers in the in this case causing them to shapeshift to what would be considered the normal of their world. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. Great point. This is also subtly subtly foreshadowed in Destiny, Destiny. when her new weapon was turned into a butter knife. I don't remember that. Um, as well as in The Star when one of the garlic bombs turned into a garlic clove. I don't remember that either. Cake the Cat, where one of the hot dog necks turned into an ordinary hot dog. I don't remember that. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and The Winter King when the crown's magic disappeared. Ah. Fascinating. Yes. Good job, team. Yeah. Fiona and Cake sing the Cheers theme song together. Cheers is, yeah, well, we know this. Cheers is all over the show. It's wild to me that Cheers is all over the show. Yep. I've used that phrase too many this episode, and I apologize. But <laughs> it is so funny. I love it. I, I love do. it so hard. <laughs> Cake also sings the song that Simon angrily asks her how she knew it, and Cake the Cat. It's revealed that the song used to be Simon and Betty's song. Yes. Jerry was revealed to be the lich who was wearing Billy's body. Although Billy's body had decayed and rotted significantly in that reality. In the original series, the Lich previously wore Billy's body in the Lich, Finn the human, Jake the dog, wake up and escape from the Citadel. Hmm. Do we, did we find out why he's referred to as Jerry? No, they don't say why he's referred to as Jerry. Huh. But I think maybe that's Bemo's, like, you know how they make up characters. Bemo has an imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Simon calls the Lich the last scholar of Glob. The farm world Lich previously called himself this in Whispers. Yes. But I don't think I've seen that one. Whispers. Whispers. Quill Wheaton. Oh, no, we have not gotten to that one. Uh, Whipped cream. Quill Wheaton. Quill Wheaton. Quill Wheaton. Wheaton. Brian, can you get the crab crackers? <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be ants. Oh, uh, Brian, that's gonna be ants. 
what the hell is happening this time right god fiona calls a kingdom made completely out of candy as one of her top three fantasies the first of these fantasies cake talking was achieved in cake the cat and her final her number one is revealed in the final episode yes, of the show yes i love it she's yep. like this is my top three fantasies and then yep. you like actually learn her fantasy oh my gosh and of course it's like also like my number one fantasy <laughs> That's your number one fantasy? Oh, you know, yeah, like Godzilla movies. Of course. Oh my gosh, that's great. Well, we did it. We did it. Any last thoughts about this episode? I remember this episode hitting me particularly hard when we first watched it. Yeah. But it was in like, it was episode two out of four that we were watching in a row. Yeah. And uh, I really, really love this episode. I love the writing of this one. I love all the character work in this one. Yeah. I love what they did with the Simon and Betty story here and the Lich. And BMO, I, I teared up more than once watching this one. Aw, this is a great episode. There's many layers to it. I advise you to watch it. That is my thought. Yeah, definitely. This is, this is a highlight of this series for me. It is, it is. Yeah, and I think it has so many twists that you're like, oh my God. And then it's like, oh my God. And it's just like so many things. It's great. And then you're Would like, OMG. OMG. OM God. <laughs> Glob, you mean? <laughs> All right. So, guess what? What? You did it. We you made it, it through another, another episode of Oh My Glob and a Time podcast. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 216 260 Glob or 216 260 4562. Or I think if you go to F- anchor.fm. Is that a thing still? I think so. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know who owns our podcast anymore. It's, it's Spotify. <laughs> It's Spotify, but I think if you go to anchor.fm and find our podcast profile, you can still still leave a voicemail there, too, if you prefer. Yeah, anchor.fm. That's still a thing. Don't worry. Don't worry, your pretty little face, Matt. Yeah. You're going to reach us at at Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Pod on Instagram, or email us at ohmyglobpodcast at gmail.com, and we will read your email on the air. Yes. Yes. Speaking of which, we are very overdue for listener feedback, and we will get to that in the next episode. Yes, we will. All right. So with that, my, oh, my globsters. (laughs) My globsters. (laughs) I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.